This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, praise God. Well, this month we are talking about love. Amen? And, uh, and so we, uh, we, under, we, we basically last week I talked to you about the different types of love. And uh, all of them are important. Glory to God. The romantic love and the friendship love and all that, that's all important. But really, uh, one of the key important love is, is what I want to focus on this month is agape love. And agape love is a, is, is a selfless, sacrificial love. Not based on what others do for us or to us. So, so agape love is not based on what people will do for us or what people will do to us. It's it's based on what Jesus has done for us. Oh, I'm preaching today. So agape love is really focusing on what Jesus did for us. And when we focus on the sacrifice that Jesus paid um, to wash our sins away, it should evoke us to walk in some love. Amen. Amen. Am I preaching to anybody today? It should inspire us. The sacrifice that Jesus paid should inspire us to walk in love. Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, your sins are forgiven. Amen. Amen. Because if you receive Jesus, your sins are forgiven and you have full access to the Heavenly Father. Is that awesome? You're not, you, you know, you know. Uh, Christianity is not getting into religion. You're not in a religion. You're in a relationship. And you've got to get a revelation of that. So, and I want to talk to you today about one of the key ingredients of agape love. And one of the key ingredients of agape love is, is the mercy of God. And the mercy of God is amazing. Some say grace uh, of God is getting what we... Uh, what we don't deserve is getting heaven and mercy is, is, is getting what we don't deserve hell. So God's mercy actually keeps us from going to hell. His grace gets us going to heaven. Can I get a witness in the house today? And it's only by his grace that we're saved. It's only by his grace that, that, that we're here today, that we're even in church today. Why? Because God is the one that knocks on the door of our hearts. And thank God that we answer that door. Thank God we allow God to come into our lives. So, so there's no grace without repentance. There's no grace without drawing near to God. And so as we draw near to God, He gives us His grace. He gives us His mercy. And so really, really, God's mercy is for the worst of us, not the best of us. In other words, His mercy, we need His mercy when we're not doing too good in life. We need His mercy when we're messing up. We need, can I get a witness in the house today? Because we don't get it right all the time. Sometimes we make mistakes. Can I get a witness in the house today? Sometimes we say the wrong things. Sometimes we act the wrong way. But thank God that his mercy can kick in. Can I get a witness? And it's for the worst of us. 
In other words, it's the worst part of us. That's when we need his mercy. I like what it says in Romans 5.8. It says, but God demonstrated his own love towards us in that why we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So who's his mercy for? It's for those that are not doing the right things. Thank God we can pray for our loved ones that may not be that close to God, but thank God that we can cover them with the mercy of God. When I think about the mercy of God, I think about Moses. And Moses was raised up to bring the children of Israel into the promised land. And we know that Moses went up to the mountain in Exodus and he, he went to, to, to spend time with God to get the Ten Commandments. And then he came down and guess what they were doing? They were party, partying. <laughs> they were worshiping a golden idol. And what did Moses do? He broke the tablets. He got angry, broke the tablets. And then there was judgment in the camp. And there was judgment on the people that were worshiping the golden calf. And, and so what did, what did Moses do? He was so angry, he had them grind up that, that golden calf and had them eat it. You know? And that's not too good, is it? And so Moses comes back up to the mountain. This is amazing. And he cuts two more stones. And God is going to go ahead and write the Ten Commandments the second time. And in the process of Moses going up, uh, Moses talks to God and God says, I'm going to show you my glory. And what, what Moses, what, what God showed him was God said, you cannot see my face and live, but you can see my back parts. Yeah. Put them in a cleft of the rock. And the Bible says it was his goodness. Can I get a witness in the house today? It wasn't God's wrath that he showed. It wasn't God's power that he showed. It was God's goodness that passed before Moses. So what does God want to be? be he, wants, he wants to be known as being a good God. So God's a good God. And then we see that in Exodus that, 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 that not only did, did God rewrite the tablets... But in Exodus, it says in verse 30, in chapter 34, verse 5, it starts out, Now the Lord descended in a cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. Now the Lord's going to proclaim his name to, to Moses. And, and the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord. This is what he's revealing to Moses and he's revealing to us. The Lord, the Lord God is merciful and gracious. Think about that. He's proclaiming his name. And he's saying that in his name, his name is merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. So we see here, that God is revealing that he's love and he's just. Say God's love and he's just. And so we see here that God, he's willing to look over our transgressions, but we have to repent. We have to turn to him. And when we continue to walk in a, in a heart of repentance, God's blood continually cleanses us from all unrighteousness and God delights 
and forgiving us. So if you're going to say that God's a merciful God, you might as well say he's a forgiving God. Why am I preaching on this this morning? Because if you're going to be a merciful person, I'm preaching this morning, you're going to be a person that forgives. You're not going to be holding things against people. You're not going to be harboring, you know, ought in your heart towards people. You're going to be letting it go. Look at your neighbor and say, let it go. And we need to learn to let some things go. We don't want to hold on to hurts. We want to let those things go. Why? Because God is letting things go in our lives. Can I get a witness in the house today? And God delights in letting things go. There's very few scriptures in the Bible that I can find in the New Testament as I read it that says that God won't forgive us. There's only one scripture that Jesus talks about that God won't forgive us. And that's, and that's when we don't forgive others. Oh, I'm preaching today. Oh, my gosh. He's saying that, that God won't forgive us unless we forgive others. Oh, that's strong. That's powerful. Think about that. And so, so our, forgiveness, uh, is connect, our forgiveness from God is connected to us forgiving others. Remember the Lord's Prayer? Forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Notice that's a connection there. Amen. So we need to learn to, 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 I'm going to have to say this. You're going to have to learn to forgive people. It doesn't come natural. It doesn't come easy. It's a process. Remember last week I said, how do you, how do you forgive people when they've hurt you and you got that, you know, every time you think about them, you want to, you, you, you don't, you know, you think negative. How, how do you do it? You pray for them. Amen. Not that God's judgment would fall on them, but you pray for God's grace and mercy to be on their life. Amen. You pray for them. You, you pray like Stephen did when Stephen was getting stoned, the first martyr of the church, and and he was getting stoned to death. And he said, Lord, hold not this against their account. Jesus said it's similar too. He said, he said, Lord, forgive them of their sins. Why Jesus was on the cross. Forgive them for what they do not know. They, thank you. They do not know what they do. And see, people don't understand that this life uh, is, is, is sowing and reaping. And what we sow... What we give will we'll eventually get. And if you, give, if you sow mercy, what are you going to receive? And if you sow unforgiveness, what are you going to receive? Man, this is a powerful message today. So, so we, need, we need to brush up. We need to pray for those. And God can work on people's hearts. God can change people. I'm sure there were people praying for the Apostle Paul that were throwing people in prison. I'm sure there was Christians that was praying for his salvation and he got saved. Somebody was praying for Paul. I don't think Paul got saved just because God just out of his... No, no, there was somebody that was praying for Paul to get saved and to get changed. And I'm going to say this, that your prayers are making a difference. Not only in your life, but in the life of your loved ones. In Deuteronomy 7, 9, glory to God, it says, Therefore know that the Lord your God, He is God that's faithful God, 
who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. That's a qualifier. In other words, that if you love God and you're trying to do everything you know that's right to please God, uh, that his love will not only be upon your life, it will be upon your descendants. In other words, God will visit your descendants. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? In, in other words, God will, will make sure that your descendants will be blessed too. In Psalms 25, 10, it says, All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth. Think about that. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth to such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. Hallelujah. And, and it says, but, but you, Lord, are good, are a God, this is Psalms 86, 15, but you, Lord, are a God full of compassion, gracious, long-suffering, abundant in mercy and truth. A lot of times, sometimes we, the world thinks, and this is where the world gets the wrong idea of God, they think God is a mean God. They think that God is a God that has no love. And the reason why the world thinks this way is because the world is full of sin and there's a lot of bad things happening in the world. And what they do is they try to pin, they try to put God as the person that's in charge of all the bad things. Like if, 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 if God was a God of love, why would all these bad things be happening? Have you ever heard that before? Why would, why would all this murder and wars and famine be happening? Well, because God is a God of love. And the greatest aspect of God's love, not only is his mercy, is that he gives us free will. And the greatest aspect is that God doesn't control us. God allows us to make our own decisions how we're going to live this life. And God is looking for us to live our life for him. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? That, that we will pick up our cross and follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. And so that's the reason why, you know, you're here today. Because nobody put a gun to your head. I hope they didn't. And, uh, and nobody forced you. There wasn't a lightning bolt and a cloud that said, go to church today or else. No, no, no. We came to church because we know that we need more God. And more God makes us better. I like what one person said. I'm glad I come here because I need the word of God. It's like a tune-up. In other words, it, it, it helps keep my mind on track because the enemy is trying to cause my mind to go tilt. Can I get a witness in the house today? Now, when we're talking about the mercy and the love of God, I love this in Lamentations. It says in Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, it says, Through the Lord mercies we are not consumed because of his compassion fell not. Because of the Lord's mercies, he doesn't exact judgment on us, in other words. There are new every morning. His mercies are new every morning. In other words, in God, it's a new day every day. That's the reason why the Apostle Paul says, Forgetting those things that are behind. Why? We got to forget about our, tra- our past mistakes. We got to forget about our past uh, issues. And, and we got we to look at every day as being the first day of the rest of life. It starts over. Every day is a brand new day in God. Amen. 
Because the enemy will try to beat us up on our past. The enemy will try to get us looking at our failures. Get us focused on those things and keep us in a state of condemnation. And listen, we can't allow, we can't let our past control our future. If you keep looking in the rear view mirror, you'll end up in a ditch. Am I preaching to anybody today? That's the reason why the rear view mirror is small on your car. <laughs> it's not the big thing. You, the big thing is the glass so you can look forward in life. You know, uh, we think about, uh, we think about uh, let's look at Romans 2, 4. It says here that, um, that, uh, that God loves us, and it's, his, uh, it's in Romans 2, 4, it says, And do you despise the riches of his goodness or the forbearance of his long-suffering, knowing that the goodness of God leads us to repentance? You might have relatives that aren't serving God, and, and they're doing good. And the reason why they're doing well is because God's mercy is on their life. I'm going to say it again. They might be doing good. Some of your relatives may seem to be doing better than you and you're serving God. And the only reason why they're doing well is because God has not exact judgment on their life. And God's grace and his mercy is on their lives. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so, and so, you know, in 1 Peter 3, 9, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. God is waiting on us to come to him so that he can lavish his love and his mercy and, and, and his, his joy and his peace on our lives. And we, we have to understand that, that God is waiting for the pressure. Why hasn't Jesus come back yet? Because God's waiting for your relatives to get right. Amen. I, know we're, I know some of us are praying, Jesus, come back quickly, right? You, you see your bills, you're ready for God to come back. And even though, you know, we're, we, we want God to come back, but God wants a harvest before he comes back. God is, I'm telling you, some say, well, the next big thing in God, well, that Jesus is splitting the Easter guy. That's going to be the next big thing. No, I believe revival is the next big, uh, big thing that's going to happen. And then Jesus is going to come back. Amen. And so we don't want to uh, uh, lose our love for people. We don't want to lose our love for God. Uh, it, it says here in Matthew, it says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those when they are reviled and persecuted, for you say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. So they persecute the prophets uh, before you. So what Jesus is saying, that, see, sometimes persecution can get us hard. People doing wrong things to us can get us hard. But we don't want to get hard and, and lose our love. No, no, we need, we need to rejoice when things are happening and, and, and wrong things are happening to us. Yesterday, I was in the store and, you know, I, I'm a type of person, that I, I, I observe people. Anybody like to just observe people? You look at people, you, you're not just in the store, you're just keeping tunnel vision and just, you know, some people just tunnel vision. But I'm looking because I'm always looking for opportunities to minister. So, I, so when I'm walking in the store, I just kind of just glance and just kind of look at people, you know. 
and why I'm doing my stuff. And maybe God may want me to move on and talk to somebody or minister to somebody. I'm just not just tunnel vision. And so I was walking out of the store last night and it was these two people that were together. And uh, I think they were uh, two homosexual ladies. And, uh, and they were together. And I just kind of glanced and just kind of glanced and looked at them. And I was just trying to figure out if one was a boy or if one was a girl. And I just kept walking. And, uh, you know, because you don't know sometimes. And I, and I had no judgment on it. And, uh, and, and, and one of the girls said to me, what are you looking at? <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I was like, that made me back that truck up. <laughs> I'm looking at two confused women that need Jesus in their life. No, no, I didn't say that. But <laughs> I'm looking at two confused people that need Jesus to get their life right. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. That would have been hard and harsh. And, and I don't think they would have received that. But I didn't say anything. I just kept walking. I heard it, but I just let it go. What are you looking at, dude? I heard it, but I just let it go. Sometimes people can say stuff, but you can hear it, but you can just, I just kept walking. Some of us need to learn to keep walking. When somebody says something, keep walking. When, when, when When a negative comment is made at you, keep walking. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? If, if, if the enemy's trying to do something against you, keep walking. Amen. Why? Just let it go. Let it go. Let it go. And then let God deal with him. There was nothing I could have done about that. Because all I knew is that, that the devil wanted to set me up for an argument. The devil just wanted to get an argument going. And I wasn't going to feed into that. Amen. I was going to feed into that. I was gonna, I'm, I'm just going to keep walking. Yeah. Amen. And thank God, because it's the love of God, the Bible says, that will constrain us. Oh, I'm preaching today. It's the love of God that will keep us from trying to defend ourselves. It's the love of God that will, will, will keep us in check and keep us in a place where the enemy can't get at us. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so when, you talk, when you're talking about mercy and love, you've got, you got to be a person of walking in meekness. And, 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 and you can't be always trying to prove a point. In Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, it says here, this is Jesus. He says, come to me, all you are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now underline this, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. This is Jesus. I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. So we see here that that Jesus is is gentle and meek. That's the reason why Jesus could forgive people. That's the reason why Jesus said to the, the, you know, when he was preaching, I believe he was preaching in his house that day. And he was preaching probably a great sermon. And all of a sudden, uh, the roof started getting tore off the top of his house. And all of a sudden, you know, could you imagine preaching and all this dust and all this stuff? done? And then all of a sudden, they dropped this guy down, down towards Jesus. If the place was busy, uh, you know, I would have said, ushers, get this guy out of here. Right? And, uh, and but Jesus saw this guy, he saw, the Bible says he saw their faith. 
And the first thing he says to this guy that they lowered down, that was on a bed, that was, you know, paralyzed. The first thing Jesus said is, son, your sins are forgiven. Think about that. That's the first thing he said to the, to the, to, 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 to the, to the man that was a paralytic, that was laying on, that was dropped down in front of him. And then all the Pharisees started thinking, how could he forgive sins? See, Jesus can forgive sins. Jesus has the authority to forgive sins. And he forgave that man's sin. But of course he said, because you, know, you don't believe I have authority, let me exercise my authority. And he told that paralytic to get up and walk. And he healed that paralytic. I'm telling you, when you release unforgiveness, healing comes into your life. When you, when, when you receive your forgiveness, healing comes into your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so Jesus was meek and humble. He, he was always looking to forgive. I, I, I think about that lady that was caught in adultery. I think about that, how he was there and, and she was caught in the very act. And, and, and they threw uh, this lady right in front of her. And they said to Jesus, the law tells us to stone her. And Jesus, you know, the Bible says, stoops down and starts writing on the ground, probably writing out the sins of the people that were accusing her. And so he's writing on the ground. He doesn't, he doesn't immediately say anything. He, he's, he's waiting on what to say. He's, he's, not, he's not trying to defend anything. And then finally, the Lord gives Jesus the words to say. And Jesus said, the one that has no sin cast the first stone. See, we, we, need, we need to be very careful that we're not stone casters. We need to be very careful that we're not casting stones at people because of their sins. We need to really be more focused on ourselves and make sure that we're right. Can I get a witness in the house today? Amen. And we need to learn to walk in the love and the mercy of Jesus. In Matthew 23, 37, it says, uh, this is Jesus speaking. And he's talking about the people that are the mean people in the Bible. And he says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as hens gather her chicks under her wings, but you are not willing. What was, what was Jesus saying? Jesus saying, man, I want to love you, but you won't let me. I, I want to bring you close to God, but, but your hearts are so hard. You're so full of unforgiveness. You're so full of bitterness. You're not willing to come to me. But I, I'm here to be a blessing to you. I'm, I'm here to get you into a relationship with God. I'm here to release you from your debts. But they weren't willing to come to Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? When Jesus uh, was coming in uh, on... Uh, on Easter and, and well, the week before Easter, before he was crucified, he came in on a donkey and, and he could have rode in on a stallion. He could have rode in like a conquering king, but he, he came in on a donkey. And the Bible says here, uh, it's, it comes out of Zechariah 9.9, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king comes to you. He is uncompromised and justice, having salvation, triumphant and victorious. 
patient, meek, and lowly, riding on a donkey. If you're going to walk in uh, the love of God, if you're going to walk in the mercy of God, you have to be a person of meekness. You have to be a person uh, 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 like Jesus, uh, a person that doesn't look down on people, a person that, 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 that extends the arm of mercy to others. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? You know, Jesus was made like us, but Jesus didn't fall in the traps of unforgiveness. Jesus was, you know, he had every right to get angry with people. Judas was, I believe, was close to Jesus, but Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss. And, you know, I don't think that, you know, Jesus, you know, didn't hate Judas. Jesus prayed for Judas, but Judas had to go his way. Judas was, you know, he allowed his sin to control him. And, and Judas, I believe, was in a place of, of offense with Jesus. And the reason why I say that, because Judas was arguing about some money one day, and Jesus told Judas to be quiet. It was, it was actually when, when he was anointed with some perfume. And he was anointed with some perfume, and, and Judas said, that could have been sold for the poor. And Jesus said, be quiet, you, don't, you always have the poor, but you don't always have me. I believe Judas right there, got offended. And offense will turn into bitterness, and bitterness will turn into murder. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And I, we know that Cain and Abel, uh, we know that, that, that story in Genesis, where Cain uh, uh, and Abel gave an offering unto the Lord. And, and we know that, that and, and, and just humor me today, because I believe that, that uh, and I ministered this before that that when Elijah uh, Elijah gave a offering, there was fire that came down from heaven and lapped up that offering. Do you remember that? And you may remember that story. Maybe at the very beginning of time, when Cain and Abel gave offerings, maybe there was a fire that came down from heaven to lap up that offering. And when when Abel gave his offering, possibly a fire came down and lapped up, showing God's approval. And then when Cain gave his offering, which we know that Abel gave his best, the first things of his flock and the fat portions thereof, he gave his very best. And it says that Cain just gave an offering. He just, just, did, uh, just did something that wasn't acceptable to God. Maybe there was no fire that fell down. And we know that Cain got upset because he wasn't honored by God. And Cain got so upset, God says that you're angry. God speaks to Cain. And says, you are angry, and your anger is going to get the best of you. But you have the power to control it. You have the power to control your anger. And so even if people are unredeemed back then can control it, how much more if we have the Holy Spirit? And so we know that Cain did not, he allowed that anger to turn into bitterness. And the Bible says that Cain took Abel aside and the Bible says that Cain killed Abel. That's where you get that that's where you get that slogan raising Cain. Have you ever heard that before? Oh, they're raising a little Cain. Hopefully that's not that that's not your your son's name, raising a little Cain. But anyway, we'll continue. And it's supposed to be funny. But anyway, they're raising a little Cain. But uh and uh and so we know that that Cain killed his brother and God this is interesting. God had to exact judgment on him. 
And God and, and Cain was a farmer and said, now, you know, the, the, the ground won't produce like it needs to. And, and God said, you're going to be a vagabond. And then Cain cried out and said, my, my, my punishment is too strong. And, and Cain said, listen, if, uh, if somebody finds me, they will kill me. And God said, listen, I'm going to put a mark on you. And, and that mark will protect you. If somebody tries to kill you, revenge, uh, you know, vengeance will be upon them sevenfold. What am I saying to you today? God's mercy was still on Cain, even though Cain did something wrong. God still protected Cain. Think about that. We think about, you know, you say, well, why, if God was so merciful, why did he kick Adam and Eve out of the garden? Well, because there was a tree in the middle of the garden, and that tree was a tree of life. And the Bible says that the reason why God had to kick Adam and Eve out, because he didn't want them to eat from the tree of life, and live perpetually in sin. And that's the reason why God, uh, that's the reason why God had Jesus to die on the cross so our sins could be forgiven and then so that we could have redeemed bodies. So that we wouldn't live forever in sin. Glory to God. We need to learn to have a meek attitude uh, even uh, why uh, correcting other people. In Matthew 7, 1, 5 it says, Judge not that you be judged, for with the judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Why do you look at the speck that's in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank that's in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck out of your eye and look at the plank that's in your brother's eye? Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck out of your brother's eye. So what, what is uh, the Lord saying here? He's saying that we need to be very careful in judging people because if we start criticizing people for what they do, we may end up doing the same thing. Oh, I'm preaching today. If we start, if we start saying, I would never do that, you got to be very careful. You don't know what you would do when, when the right amount of pressure is put on your life. You don't know what you will do when, when you don't know what they're in, what their shoes are in. You don't know what you would do if that pressure, the same amount of pressure, how they grew up. You know, we, we judge people by, by how we live our lives and, and by what we experience. But, but, but you know what? Uh, you know, you might have had good parents. They may not have. You may have had good examples. They may not have. And we judge people by, by our standards. No, we need, a, we need to make sure that we're judging ourselves first and then we have the power to judge others. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Amen. In James 4.11 says, Do not speak evil of one another. 4.11.12 Brethren, he who speaks evil of a brother or judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and destroy. Who are you to judge another? Amen. So, so you, know, I, you know, there is a way, you know, I'm not saying don't bring correction to people. And I'm saying that if there are sometimes people that are in the wrong, but you can talk to them in love. You can extend the love of God. And then once we, you know, you, 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 you talk to them, uh, hopefully they receive it and then they repent and they get right with God. Amen. And we need to do that. But we don't want to just close people off. We would always want to give people the ability to, to, to have the love of God work in their lives. Amen. 
Glory to God. And so, you know, the Bible says that the devil is the accuser of the brethren. We don't want to slander by, uh, we don't want to slander by false accusations. Jesus was slandered. They said that he was uh, serving the devil. Uh, they, uh, different uh, disciples are slandered. We don't want to be people that, that, that talk bad about other people. We don't want to exaggerate the faults of other people. Amen? I, in other words, if you're married, don't focus on what your spouse does wrong. Focus on what your spouse does right. That's right. That's right. Amen. Amen. Focus on the good things and not the bad things. The more you see, see, there's a there's a law called the power of agreement. And that's a law in the Bible. And, and that that law says when you agree touching anything, it shall be done. There's power in agreement that works for good and works for bad. You can agree for the negative. They will never change. They will always be the same. And that and that and you get into agreement. That's what they become in your eyes. But no, no, you don't want to get an agreement in the negative. You want to get into the agreement in the positive. The Bible says if two or more are agreeing, touching anything, it shall be done. We want to agree on people's good, you know, good points and not on their bad points. Can I get a witness in the house today? We want to, we want to be merciful. We, we know that, that Peter said, how many times should I forgive? Seven times? And Jesus said, no, not seven times but seven times 70. And so we want to be people that forgive and we don't want to harbor ill will or bitterness towards anybody. You know, one of my favorite uh, stories, and I'm closing here, is about the prodigal son, or you could call it the loving father. And the prodigal son was, was this, it was about a father, Jesus talks about this, this parable about a father that had two sons and the younger son wanted his inheritance early. And he said, give me my inheritance. In other words, give me my inheritance before you die, dad. You know? And so dad had, had an inheritance. And what's amazing, he gave that inheritance to both brothers, the older and the younger. The younger took off and went and spent all that inheritance on righteous living. He, he spent it all his money. He ended up in a pig pen. He ended up broke and destitute. He spent it all. And then he got a revelation that even in his father's house, there's servants that are treated better than what he's being treated as, as, as working in a pig pen. And he said, if I can just go to my father, I can just be a servant. And so, so in the story, the, 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 the prodigal son starts walking towards the father. This is repentance. This is saying that we need God when we try everything and we're at the end of a rope. You know, that's a good time to get God in your life. And so the prodigal son, as he's walking towards the house, he sees, the, he sees his father and his father sees him from afar. And his father doesn't just stand there waiting for him to repent. The father runs to the son. See, see, I'm telling you, you take one step to God. God will take two steps to you. And so, you know, the father ran to the son and didn't even allow the son to tell him anything. You know, the son had a, was going to say, I have sinned against you. I have sinned against heaven. I just want to be a servant. But the father wouldn't even allow him to do that. And the father gave him a hug and said, my son was dead and now he's alive. Put a ring on his finger, put a coat on him, had a great party 
for his son, glory to God. And I'm telling you, God's mercy is greater than his judgments. And I'm telling you, we have to learn to be merciful people. And we have to learn, and the Bible says, where, where there's judgment, God's mercy is greater. And when we, we understand that, that God's mercy is greater than his judgment, then we're going to be merciful people. We're going to be people that will extend the heart of love towards even the most unlovely out there. We're not going to be criticizing. We're not going to be backbiting. We're not going to be shunning people, glory to God. We don't shun people. We don't, we don't consider them as being dead to us. No, no, we allow them to be alive to us by acknowledging who they are, by walking in love towards people. And and as we do that, we'll see the love of God permeate our lives. And I'm telling you, your your faith will be working in, in an optimal way because faith worketh by love. Did you receive it today? Let us bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your mercies and your goodness and your love. I thank you, Father God, that you're helping us to be merciful people. And Father, I thank you that that you are extending your hand out to us today. And perhaps you're here today in the audience or you're listening or watching and, and you know it's time for you to receive Christ. God is knocking on the door of your heart. He's saying, will you come to me? Will you open the door? And, if, and all you have to do is pray this simple prayer. If you know you need God today in your life, just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. I'm not going to call you up here, but I'm going to pray for you. Amen. And praise God. And maybe you're listening or watching. And, and, and so you know it's time. I want you to pray this prayer and mean your heart. I saw that hand. Thank you. And uh, just pray this prayer and mean your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross. For my sins, I believe you were raised from the dead to save me. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org 